Welcome to the Beyond the Cubicle podcast. Yes, indeedy. Podcast where we want to help you get promoted and make more money, but also help you become a better human in the process. Don't lose your mind while you're doing it. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, This week, we're going to get into part two of our conversation with uh, Brandon Mitchell, the the co-founder and CEO of BrandResumes.com. Phenomenal. Yeah, the title sponsor. Yes. What were your impressions of Brandon? Man, this young man, he he gave me hope again. (laughs) It's so inspiring, man. He gave me hope. And and I'm thinking as as one of the seasoned people, (laughs) he gives me hope that there's a generation coming up right. that gets it right. and is doing something about it. So uh, he just, he, man, he, 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 made, he has made my day, several days. Right, right. Um, in this particular part of the discussion, we start getting into just um, what we're seeing in the world today. So we get into just the, the job search experience period. Um, we kind of tail off into some discussions about um, uh, how college curriculums and structures Mm -hmm. could be uh, tweaked a bit Mm -hmm. to help people match up better with some of the the, the things that are available in the job market. Mm -hmm. Um, And he has some interesting ideas about even how high school Mm -hmm. uh, could be, high school educational curriculums could be tweaked a bit. Absolutely. So, um, you know, sit back and enjoy part two of our conversation with Brandon. Let's do it. After the intro. Based on your experience, based on the conversation that you have with clients, conversations that you have with with other entrepreneurs or peers, um, and even conversations that you have when, when you're in the corporate space, what what are what have you found are some of the most important things that people should focus on in the workplace to build a solid resume? You saying while they're working? Yeah, while they're working. While they're working. Okay. While they're working. Okay. Okay. While they're Good. working. Yeah. Right. Um. I would say that the biggest thing while you're working to build and have the experiences yes. to be able to put on your resume, right? Yes, because you don't exactly. want to fabricate things. Exactly. Because um, people can see right through that when they get an interview and they say, okay, so tell me about this. And you're like, oh, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say that focus on, you know, where you want to go with your career, mm-hmm. right? Because again, when you get to that job and how I was saying before that you're going to do a lot of different things, try and, you know, structure some of the projects that you work on in a similar path. And, You know, my experience has been limited to consulting, which is Mm -hmm. a little hard because sometimes they'll just throw you into a project without you um, having any say in it, especially at the junior levels. They'll say, hey, you're going to be flying to this state every week for the next uh, 10 weeks. Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, um, this is an industry and a company that you don't know anything about. So you have to learn about that within a week because when you get there on Monday, you need to be at the same level of proficiency as someone who's been there for about seven years already. Wow. Right. So for me, um, and what, I, what I've heard is that, you know, try and, you know, structure your career, just the, the projects and just even when you're on the projects, try and, um, you know, maybe ask your manager, hey, you know, I heard this, I, I see this opportunity, like always find opportunity, right? And that's the big thing because that shows, you know, the, your managers that not only are you a good employee, but you're also willing to kind of go above and beyond, right? right? Um, so I would say look look for those, like those, those uh, opportunities and just be... I guess intellectually curious, yeah. right? Like, don't just go to your job every day. Just do your job and go home. Like, go to your job. You know, find those opportunities. Like, talk to people. And a lot of times, people are scared to like talk to their supervisors. I'm like, what? Like, not that they should be your best friends, correct? But um, 
through talking to people and getting, you know, buddy, buddy, you can even hear about opportunities that, you know, aren't really announced. Because I've learned in the corporate environment that a lot of conversations happen behind closed doors. <laughs> There's not a job that I've had that yeah. got posted uh, in the last 15, 17 years. Exactly. The the last Ever. the last four positions that yeah. I've held, none of, them, none of them were posted at all. All internal, looking for people right. that were... Now, you said something about in the workplace. Let me throw something else at you. When we are looking for a job and we don't have a job, I've got little envelopes coming to the place with pink things in there. Pink slips, yeah. Uh, you know, you're about to be in the dark. It's really hard to write a resume when you're in the dark. I mean, when you're stressed out. When you're stressed out. The, the repo man is calling me about my car. I'm out of work. I've been out of work for a minute. Mm-hmm. I am desperate. How does that, what advice do you give me in the resume business when I'm desperate for a job, I do have skill sets, but I am ready to take about anything that they, anybody that will hire me at anything. What do you say to folks like that? And and just to make sure I'm I'm clarifying and just getting the question right. So it's really to folks who um, have the skill sets and they want a job, but they're, they just, they're just ready to get anything. I'm desperate. Right? Yeah, man. Time is killing I would killing say me. that desperation sometimes doesn't breed the right results mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of times you'll just take anything and you could really hurt your career that way, I right? Agree. Because you can just end up in some dead-end job that just about anybody can do and, you know, you won't grow yourself professionally and have the skill sets mm-hmm. to kind of take yourself to that next level, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the term career suicide. I didn't believe that was a term, mm-hmm. but it is for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, is. It is. It is, dude. Don't yeah. don't go ahead and commit career suicide just yeah. just to kind of get to the next dollar, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and that's the problem. Um, and that's funny enough is why I also talk about um just investing in real and uh, not just real estate, but just investing in other things yes. outside of just yes. your full time job. job. Absolutely. Because when, when you are unemployed and you are looking, you don't want to be stressed out. And right. you know, if you have if you could develop a skill set that you could, you know, make some some side income or if you're investing in real estate and other things like that, you can supplement your income from different areas. Yeah. Which is something I, I spend a lot on. Um, but I would say that person, you know, it's gonna be tough. Uh-huh. Right? You know, especially if you got the wife and kids, if you have um you know, if you're if you're just you know you just don't have it yet, but don't sell yourself short, right? right. Know your value and know your worth. And I would say treat your job search like a nine to five. Mm. Go hard. Yeah. Go, go hard. Go hard. You gotta go hard. You gotta really wake up as if you know put some structure around your life because that's a lot of what I hear is, oh, you know, I don't have a job, so I wake up at uh, two p.m. in the afternoon and I binge watch Netflix until three a.m. and it's like, sister, no. You, you need to be treating <laughs> your job search yeah. like it's like <laughs> that's what you gotta do, right? Yeah. Um, so I say, you know, literally go to um, Google, just get a get a spreadsheet out, start tracking. Okay, one of these career fairs, and what I've learned recently, and I'm learning every day. Yes, there are national career fair companies. This blew my mind. Mm-hmm. There are national career fair companies mm-hmm. that uh, literally host career fairs in every city. Mm-hmm. And if you go to some of these, and I'll start throwing out some of the names shortly, like uh, Choice Career Fairs um, or Diversity Career Fairs, mm-hmm. um, if you go to these sites, they literally publish schedules right. of a whole year, and they're coming out with their 2020 schedules soon. Mm. And literally, it'll show you the city and the date, mm-hmm. and it's free. So I'm jotting that down. And employers are at those places with booths, yeah. ready, ready yeah. to go. Yeah. 
ready to hire. And I'm not saying you're going to get a job on site, but you show up. And I said, showing up is half the battle. Person to person contact. Networking, right? And we yep. can go all day about how to, you know, maximize, yep. you know, yourself at a job fair. But, you know, two quick tips I would always say is one, bring a, bring a business card. Mm-hmm. And two, always follow up. The power and the follow up is what has, you know, been instrumental in my business, right? Because if you don't right. follow up with people, you know, they, they're not going to take you serious. And so. So so tell, uh, tell, tell me that's, that's going to be the title of one of your next videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, follow up. Yeah, if, if, if you haven't already, two, uh, a, a couple of things. Go visit brandresumes.com, right? Mm, e- yeah. Even if you just need to spruce up your resume. I keep saying I need to do it and I keep dragging my feet. I need to do it anyway. Go though. see it. Go, go visit brandresumes.com. Secondly, go on YouTube. Right. And follow Brandon Mitchell brand, at Brand Resumes. Right. He's put up, I think, two videos recently. Right. Two videos. Excellent information. I, I watched. I think I watched the second one twice because I was, I was just like, man, like, yep. Yep. Good these, stuff, yeah. Because I think it was like the common. What was the five tips for yeah, five, five common tips um, yeah. of why your resume may not be working for that you. One. Yeah. And it was it was a few of them in there that spoke to me because I know people that's kind of going through it right now mm-hmm. um, to backtrack on something you just said uh, real quick, though, when you when you were talking about people who were currently out of work, um, stressed out a little bit. Right. So it's all about preparation. Right. Which is basically what I picked up from the both of you guys. And so it's like you never know. And Eric's actually working on a book right now. That's that's about what happens when you get laid off. It's like your business card is, a, is your temporary rental. Basically, it's like the theme <laughs> of the book. Right. And so what happens is a lot of times, most of us don't we don't prepare. We get the job and we think oh, I'm comfortable. It's good. The company mm-hmm. seems to be doing great. I'm good. Right. But even in my, my own man, I've been blessed in the last seven years. We've had three mergers mm. and, and two restructurings. And I'm I'm still there, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So so yeah, like, huge. yeah, it's a blessing and it's a testament to my my work ethic. Mm-hmm. But I've known people that work just as hard as me that are just as valuable that end up getting let go. And so uh, from a personal standpoint, my wife and I, from the time we were dating, we always had these conversations about um, having our seven streams of income, Have a diversified right? income, absolutely. Yeah, and having a diversified income, absolutely. And so, yeah, my my corporate salary is is the main income, but she has her she has a business. She just started her interior design business, so she has her business. Um, we have a couple of of things that we're working on in the real estate space, and then we have two other things that we have plans to do once you know, we, we kind of free up some time. And then we also have some passive income things going on, right? And so if anything were to happen where I were to be let go, we'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Because the other part of that too is, like, like Brandon said, you have investing, and it's not just investing in real estate, but just being invested anyway. Mm-hmm. But also having a, I might get laid off fund set aside somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is, let me have it. And, and I kind of pull a lot of this from Dave Ramsey because I listen to Dave Ramsey and I've, I've kind of incorporated a lot of his tips into my, my um, finance management. But, you know, if you have even two months of expenses saved up. You're ahead of most Americans. Yeah. So, oh, okay. yeah, are, right. You are. So the second story is like recently I just had a, a colleague um, having some issues with her supervisor. Right. And we talk about the, the, the contentious relationships of supervisors here all the time. But it got to the point where she was like, okay, I can't take this anymore. I can't take it anymore. And so she left. 
And I remember going into the break room one day, like I think the day before her last day, and I was like, yo, I was like, you know, congrats on getting out because I know how rough that was. It's like, do you have anything else lined up right away? And she was like, no. She's like, but I'm, I'm ready. She's like, I've been saving up for this for six months. I'm ready. I was like, yo. <laughs> Got it. And I was, just, I was so excited for her because, because it's rare that you see someone with that amount of preparation mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to reach a limit at some point. Mm-hmm. Let me prepare for it now. And so now she has the ability to do a job search would reduce stress. Take her time and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? What else? What are we working on? Uh, I think you got a good bunch of those. Oh, here's one. Uh, you, but you, you kind of talked about it, but college, right? All right. So <laughs> this has become like a pet peeve of, of ours lately. But mm-hmm. looking back on our experiences. Like, I got a lot out of college, personally. I got a lot out of college socially, right? Um, I covered that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I learned a ton about independence as well. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in terms of what you've seen and what we've all seen, right, with uh, the mismatch of outgoing college students entering the job market in the available jobs, right, and how oftentimes you end up having people that they're working in career paths that has nothing to do with what they spent $100,000 on in college, right? What do you think, and, and it's probably a two-part question, is there something societally, like in our homes, when we're, when, when, like when like maybe the parents could be talking about, and also what may be missing from college, the college experience, maybe curriculums or, or programs that they offer that could help students better choose career paths that fit into the current job markets if that makes sense well yeah you know and i think i think that's a loaded question Uh right because uh when you are at the phase where you're thinking about careers which is typically high school Uh right as a parent it's it's a little harder and i don't have kids myself but i could imagine right because let's say you know your kid has some type of passion right and you almost want to say you know what go for that but at the same time playing the parent card you're probably thinking well you know this field may or, or kind of may not be hot in terms of the uh, job market, right. right? So I think that um, in it should start at, in the high school space where not only are the parents, but also the high school kind of guidance counselors are talking to high schoolers about career paths, but not just, okay, these are the jobs out there, but really having deep conversations and maybe even bringing in professionals in different industries that they can then speak at the, you know, at, at the high school so that they could just educate you know these kids on what they should be choosing right right um because you know what what you don't want is so again for people to just you know get these degrees and then they don't end up um you know working into them and i see that a lot right mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. as i resumes i'm like whoa you, you're this and but your degrees in fashion marketing you're an it project manager correct how did that happen yeah right um so i think at, at the high school level it's really the onus is really on you know the i guess the counselor and the just the um the uh, teacher, I'm sorry, the, the parent, but I would also say is that just access to more education, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's, if, if we had high schools listening to Beyond the Cubicle, mm. they, would be, they would have that education already ingrained. So I, would, I also think there needs to be a, 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 a reorganization of the high school curriculum, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not very far from, removed from high school and I have uh, some, some siblings. I have a, 
a 15 year old sister who's a ninth grader right now and mm-hmm. i'm telling her about career things she's like yeah yeah uh-huh. i'm worried about jordan's and this and the third i'm like of no no yeah. Sierra, you, you need to be worried about your careers and things like that so it's, it's a challenge right because it's also like how do you get people who need to hear something to actually listen to it correct mm-hmm. um but i think that like again that 11th grade 12th grade that's when you're really thinking about you know your next step because you're ready to leave so correct. i think that you know, uh, high schools, they need to reorganize the curriculum to not only talk about careers, but also talk about financial literacy. Oh, man. Right? Tell me about um, it, please. That's something that I think financial Huge. literacy is more important than a college degree. And you Huge. can quote Huge. me on that one. Absolutely. Especially, uh, especially in our community. Oh, shoot. Like you mentioned the Jordan things and, and, uh, and it, it, you know, it goes from that to, you know, did I shop at needless markups? Did I do blah, blah, blah? <laughs> and there's, you know, there's some, we could spend a million years discussing self-worth and, and, and feeling valued and why I need to go do that. But the reality, the reality is if our financial literacy was just for those of us who believe that we're woke, uh, we could make an impact uh, with a lot of folks in our community, if we would just wake up, the folks that have the ability to wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, group economics is a very strong thing, oh, right? Man. Collectively, yeah. oh, you man. know, investing in our communities. We should be the ones gentrifying our communities. We have the oh, power. Absolutely. We have the, we have the purchasing power. If you look at, and I'm big on that on economics thing, but just look at the world in terms of just like. Um, which ethnicity is coming to be the majority, yes. right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It's minorities. Yes. It's shifting. It's yes. really shifting. And when you think about that shift, just the purchasing power, and you talk about tr- probably trillions of dollars, especially yes. in the U.S. alone. We're one right. of the, 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 the biggest GDP countries in the right. world, right? Yes. right. It's talking right. about a lot of folks with yeah. a lot of money. And it's, if we don't start making a change, you know, it's like – um, someone's gonna 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 do it, right? Like, Absolutely. so you should, obviously we should, we should be the ones. But I just want to go back to that to that point on at that collegiate level, mm-hmm. um, where certain changes can be made, where people can hopefully not start, you know, they, they can stop choosing career paths. Because I I think that, and again, I was only, I was in college about two three years ago. Mm-hmm. If there was like a course or something that was offered that actually deep dived into career paths, mm-hmm. but not just surface level, like actually spoke about like labor statistics and deep dives into okay these are the the uh, jobs that are hot and these are the jobs that are not hot and why Mm -hmm. right whether Mm -hmm. whether it's technological advancements or at a Mm -hmm. macroeconomic level Mm -hmm. like these have been changes over the last 20 years at which is why you know certain jobs like these like assembly line workers are not in demand anymore right right? Mm -hmm. so i think that there needs to be some 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 type of change there because it really it really starts there because a lot of times um or or in in in, uh, adversely if there was you know, a course that can say, well, this is how you maximize in an art degree, or this is how you maximize a history degree. Because a lot of times those degrees get a really bad rep. And it's not to say that like you can't make money and things like that, but it's really just understanding those career paths and how to, I guess, finesse, you know, your way into um, success with those, with those career paths. There was an article, uh, and maybe you saw it, it was about four or five years ago, maybe four years ago, three or four years ago. Yeah. It was a Forbes article. These, these young people had come, they were coming into their freshman year of college, and they were picking careers, uh, you know, looking at uh, salary.com, yada, yada, and kind of, you know, Jones on each other, hey, man, look how much money, you're going to work for me, yada, yada. Well, when they finally graduated, no, it was before that, it was, it was four or five years ago, when they finally graduated, the job market that they thought their job was going to be at the level, it wasn't there. 
because there were there were socioeconomic things that happened. Uh, they had offshored certain specialties. Uh, there were so many things going on that you know what they now they still made good money. So I'm like, you know, suck it up, Buttercup. You, you make a, you're going to make a decent living, <laughs> right. but you thought you were going to be over here when right. we were over there. So one of the mantras that I share if I'm talking to some people: find your passion with what you truly, truly love to do. Mm-hmm. You will become very good at that, and you will be valued because of your expertise. But find what you really, in your heart, love doing. If you chase the dollars, and I know we did an episode on yeah. that. If you chase the dollars, you'll lose it right. because that's shifty. It always changes. Um, remember, IT, at one point, IT owned the entire universe. It did. And then somebody invented Windows, and I don't have to be a programmer. <laughs> no, even, even my um, but we were joking about this the other day because I'm I'm a corporate accountant, but we were joking about this the other day. I so I've I've been working almost 16 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In the 16 years, accounting departments have been reduced by at least three full-time positions in the last seven years. Because there's no reason in the last seven years, and 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 part of it is because, like you say, the 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 technology, the technology AI especially, oh man, and yeah. just what the ERPs can do has reduced how much we manually and physically have to touch the numbers now. Absolutely. To where I don't even post journal entries for real. Most of my job is crafting the stories and the narratives around what's happening every month, right? Yep. So that's where my expertise exactly. That's where my expertise comes in. Um. One one thing that 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 I that I wanted to 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 get your your thoughts on when you were kind of talking about kind of having some type of course that kind of deep dives into these different careers or whatever is what would you think about also as they're kind of presenting labor statistics and economic outlooks for certain for certain fields and things like that that you that they also kind of add like a a, a risk profile in a way right where. You know, so let's so let's say there are some new sectors that could potentially mm. be on the horizon, and someone's wanting to get into that. Mm-hmm. My my observation is that the vast majority of us, and I don't have any numbers on this, but this is just pure observation. The vast majority of us would like mostly make decisions, I'd say, in a moderate to low risk profile, mm. right? And then then you have the outliers who like, hey, balls to the wall, balls to the wall. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, go for go it. it. Yeah. And so to me, if, if, if you if you say, hey, you know, there's a there's a potential that this particular job could or could not be around in the next five years. And here's a risk profile. Maybe that would give some people who aren't willing to take a more risk, uh, a risky to make a risky decision to say, uh, you know what, maybe I'll think about some career paths over here that kind of fit my skills and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, you know, we're big on the. Um, Big on doing the uh, the personality assessments and things like that. So I think those should be incorporated way earlier than than they have been mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Brandon? Yeah, absolutely. I think that those are all really great points. Um, and if if we even put it into a risk score, mm-hmm. um, that would just give people some you know some like tangible numbers and things to look at, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Could mm-hmm. Actually, quantify that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. I would think that. For, for me and a lot of kind of the young people that I, we should would, would hopefully migrate towards the, the more riskier jobs uh-huh. because of like again like the time value of money time. Is like an investing yeah. you know principle yeah. but it's also portable to different things right like the younger you are 
like you have the opportunity to jump into something that may or may not work out mm-hmm. and get out and then try something else mm-hmm. right you look at someone who's let's say in their mid 40s mm-hmm. like and because even sometimes people in their mid 40s are going back to school to you know continue oh, their education or absolutely. to switch and change career paths i see that a lot um you know they might be a little bit more risk adverse but i think i think that could, could, could definitely um help in just changing the conversation but i think that overall the the education sector i mean that it just needs some they need something new yeah, they, they, they need to change man. it's time I mean, for a refresh been, and like i get it they've been making good money the same way for a very long time right, right? if you right. look at just when universities and colleges kind of started organizing and things like that mm-hmm. right um but just the way and i know that they've started shaping into like the online education and like mm-hmm. the online degrees and i think that's a great way to educate more people mm-hmm. um cheaper and faster right because through, mm-hmm. through a technology but at the end of the day i think that these curriculums and just educating people because and, and and i don't understand why colleges aren't more invested in the success of their students that's something that really bogs me uh, just mm-hmm. bugs my mind because and i and i, and I always tell my friends i'm like well we graduated but did your university ever reach out to you after you graduated and say, hey, Brandon, um, how's it going? Three months, did, did, uh, did, did, did you get a job yet? Like, can I help you or can I assist you? You mm. you, you paid them $100,000 and it's like, you leave and that's it. Goodbye. Yeah. I think that is one of the biggest opportunities yeah. from a business yeah. perspective and also just, you know, to just really impact people's lives is like what I consider um, is post-college you know, education or like post-college, you know, career service or something like that. Because in my generation, and I'll tell you a little bit of story, a quick story. You know, I have a lot of people who are reaching out to me because they see I'm doing the resume thing, the LinkedIn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, this this one young lady reached out to me who was also a uh, graduate from my university, and she hasn't been able to get a job. And it's been about what uh, five or six months. Mm-hmm. And what she told me, she said, "Brandon, I'm having post-grad depression." Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. I was like what see i didn't go through that right, right. because it and and you know my career path i was able to land a job but there are tons and tons of students who, who aren't you know as fortunate mm-hmm. and you know i started doing some research because i i never had really never heard the uh, term but this post uh, grad depression is something that i think is growing and especially in the united states and it probably across the world but it's like how do we solve that how do we yeah you know do things that can because you talk about depression, that's a it's a very loose loose subject. But right, right. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, they don't like they feel like they're, they're like they're not worth anything. They feel like oh, you know uh, they 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 don't know what to do. Um, so I feel like that's that's another thing that needs like that conversation needs to be spoken about a lot a lot, a lot more. Post-grad like post grad depression. Uh, yeah, I, I just I just jotted that down. Go a, ahead. a couple of things you you just came up with, and and you are so spot on. And and I'm jealous of you, but proud of you, <laughs> because I wish I had, my brain was turned on when I was your age. It's inspiring, it, dude. It, it, it just makes me, I'm like, this is awesome. A couple of things you did that I've seen trending in the industry. I have a nephew on Wall Street. He's in his 20s. Uh, his dad was a vice president of a prestigious Connecticut firm. So he had he had at home that learning Mm -hmm. that here's how life is going to be. But he did something that you did. He interned very, very well. And interning, what I've seen in in the companies and firms I've been able to work with, interning allows them to get a taste of you. Right. Um, And we really do like, companies really do like outstanding, and this is going to go against 
what a lot of people are going to say. When companies, first of all, if you can get an internship and you are a minority person mm-hmm. and you can function in an outstanding way, mm-hmm. they want you. I'm, I'm, I'm being really honest. Right. They really yeah. do want you. Uh, and we yeah. can talk about you know the odds and all that kind of carrying on. But I've, I've seen that in a couple of companies I've worked with in the last mm-hmm. few years. Mm-hmm. Man, did you see that young man? Did you see that young lady? She is amazing. And what happens is sophomore year to junior year, and if they really like you after junior year, they'll say, come on back. They'll almost put an offer close to you on oh, the yeah. table. And I'm watching this happen. How can we, and this is, yeah. from what you're saying, it, it, it's hitting me. Right. How can we get more young people to understand that going in for a few pennies your freshman year <laughs> during the summer gets yeah. you an entree to places you would never be able to walk in the door so yeah. let me add another layer to that <laughs> before you answer, Brandon. Yeah, that's so he's just killing me on that. No, nah, because it's it's true. And from like my personal experience was I I didn't have a chance to intern in college. Mm-hmm. I wish that I did, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I was a I was a working student. And so having that's why I had to kind of bump down on the majors too, right? <laughs> but <laughs> because cuz like you like yourself, right? I had student loans, but I also wasn't calling home asking mom and dad to like send me some cash so I could survive. You know, I lived off campus, I had roommates, but it's like I still had to work. Um so oftentimes I was going to class in between working. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and a lot of us get that. And yeah. not the other way around, you know yeah. what I mean? Um and and so I did that for for 5 years, right? So my experience was at, right after college, right, I spent about a year and a half, like, searching, like, searching, flooding the market with resumes, um, couldn't find anything in my, my local area where I was. I went to school in Huntsville, Alabama at a, a HBCU. And um, so then I started looking in Atlanta, flooding the market there, driving back and forth, doing interviews and such, and it was like, man, this isn't working. While I saw peers who had done internships, they were kind of hey, kind of got off into their, uh, yeah, got off into their careers, and some of it was maybe they didn't they didn't get a job with the place that they interned at, but because they had an internship on their, on resume, their resume, they were able to get a different look than I was getting. Oh, 100%. right. And so it, right. it it took me about a year and a half to really allow some like to get someone to give me a shot, because my thing was if I get in the door. If I get in the door, all I need is one manager to just give me a shot, and it's over. That was my mentality. I was like, it's over. And and that's what happened. Like, I got in there, I I got a shot, and then it's it's been, you know, rockets ever since. But I wanted to add that little context because you do have people in scenarios where they may not be able to intern um, traditionally. And so... I, I want to know if, 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 and maybe this is something that you, you'll come across in your research as you're preparing stuff too, but like you said, the importance of getting that, that internship, and are there non-traditional internships that could be available to people who may not be able to take a summer off or something like that? Yeah, um, and firstly, I'd say the internship is very, very critical. Right. Um, and I think the education of internship starts in the home, mm. right? Because... That is something that you like. We need to be teaching our children and just educating. Is any any time we know someone's in college, hey, are you thinking about internships? Because for me, landing an internship my freshman year was probably what changed my life. Absolutely. Because a lot of times you don't freshman. You know, we're <laughs> we're worried about having a good time. I was away from parents. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I was five yes. hours away. 
Yes. But something was triggering in my in my mind that when I was a freshman, I was like, hey, you know, this this is this is what I need to do. Right. Um. So I do think it starts at home because growing up, you know, no one in my family spoke about an internship. Right. You know, we Mine have either. you know working, you know, people work two three jobs mm-hmm. and, you <laughs> right. and things you like hustle. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that wasn't really a conversation. So I think it really does start in in the home. Mm-hmm. Um. For me, I also was able to land an internship through um, leverage 